Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 161 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. Today's episode is a repeat of the live stream that Gwen and I just released yesterday. Now, I do want to apologize because the audio is not to my liking. I usually feel like I have pretty great audio And for some reason, I was sounding echoey to me before we started recording, but Gwen didn't think she heard it, so I thought it would be okay, and it turns out it's not quite okay, so bear with me. Uh, Certainly, uh, my voice will echo at times in it, not the whole way through, but I do apologize for that and certainly hope that it won't happen again. And again, as a reminder, I am scheduling guests, so if you would like to be a guest on the Always Andy's Mom podcast please email me at marcyandandysmom.com. The other thing I'd like to mention today is our next episode that Gwen and I will be doing, the next live stream, that is. And that will be on the week of Thanksgiving. We will be going through the topic of let's get real with grief and talking about real feelings and being authentic with ourselves as we go into the holiday season especially. So if you have some questions that you would like to ask, feel free to do so. If you listen all the way to the end today, you'll hear a little bit more about that. So right now, I just want you to sit back and listen to Gwen and I give a little bit of a different take on faith and our grief. I am just uh, excited to have you back on the podcast and talk about kind of a new topic. Well, a different take on a topic that we've talked about before, I guess. So I'm not sure I did the best job in in writing up what we're talking about today because we're going back and talking about faith. But in some ways, we're doing it in a different way because certainly I have felt from other people sometimes that I'm not doing it right, that mm-hmm. I should be different in my faith somehow. And that's that's kind of what we want to go with and um, talk about today is the spirituality in grief. And I, I, anyway, I'm just going to let you kind of go and, okay. and, and talk. <laughs> you you are right. going to seem better than me. <laughs> well, I think, you know, you were referring back to episode 133, where you and I talked about where is God in my grief? And that was just Mm -hmm. so much more um, digging into where we can find him and just, you know, how uh, I don't even remember all the things we talked about. But today's spin is a little bit different because what I hear over and over again, and you just said the same thing, is that people feel so much shame that they're not doing it right. And they feel inadequate. They feel um, that they're doing something wrong when they hear you just have to pray more or and whether someone's telling them that. But as Christians, we kind of hear that and are 
right? Yeah. Not, yeah. We, we tell ourselves that too. Yes, we do. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it shatters our faith. We've talked about that before. I mean, it's a, it's a definite shaking, mm -hmm. but then I just kind of want to talk into the feelings for the bereaved person today and just let them know that this is a very normal way to feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you think of some things that maybe were said to you that, you know, you said the word should, like I felt like I should, but was there something specifically addressed to you? Oh, I, I would say many things, actually. Mm -hmm. I can think back to so many things just from the very, very beginning, even at um, Andy's visitation on, oh, he, you know, he's in a better place now. Mm -hmm. um, just things that would make me feel a guilt about mm -hmm. me not being able to feel that way. Mm -hmm. um, it's mm -hmm. all, in a, it's all a part of God's plan. We won't know until we get to the other side. They're all of these things that are supposed to give me a little bit of comfort mm -hmm. just ended up making me feel like I was now a credit Christian too, because I couldn't right. feel any of it. Mm -hmm. And then you get this pressure of, should I be feeling that? Right. Like maybe and what's I wrong with it, me if I don't? And what's wrong with me if I don't? Mm -hmm. And what's wrong with me if I don't? And, you know, it, it's funny. Even my husband is in a Bible study right now. And he's in a Bible study with another man who lost his son, I think. And he said, well, I just feel so blessed that I had her for seven years. Hmm. And which is a wonderful take to have, I guess. But it just makes me feel awful, actually. It doesn't, hearing another parent say that, just is like, I don't feel that. I don't mm -hmm. feel like lucky that I had him for 14 years. I feel ripped mm -hmm. off that right. I only had him for 14 years. And I feel like I should, you know, what you know, you always say don't mm -hmm. show yourself. But I feel like I, if I was a, had a strong enough faith, I would be able to say that I mm -hmm. feel lucky that I had him for 14 years, mm -hmm. but I just am not right there. And it just isn't being honest with myself to mm -hmm. do that. And Eric, you know, he took it pretty, pretty well. And he's like, that's just a really great perspective to have. I, I just can't, I guess right. I just can't. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Words that wound us, yeah. you know, there's many words. And I think a lot of our faith-based cliches, you know, like it's all part of God's plan or is he in a better place, what you mentioned. Yeah. You mentioned both of those. Those are not helpful words. No, they're not. They're not helpful. And I think that's the piece that, you know, obviously we're not here to train the helper, but to let the bereaved know that if they didn't find peace and comfort in that, yeah, they yeah. weren't meant to. Like, they really don't bring that. Yeah, they were supposed to bring that, right? That's what the person thought they were doing. Yes. They thought they were giving comfort in that statement. Mm -hmm. But those really aren't. And even the, you know, 
kids who've maybe died from long protracted illnesses, and I know they hear again and again and again, well, at least he or she is not in any, it's not in pain anymore, mm -hmm. which is totally true. But again, really? it's not even really that helpful, mm -hmm. I, I imagine, to the person yeah. to hear no. that. If no. they come to that conclusion on their own, and that's kind of what we talked about before with our faith, it's a journey that we go on. But here's some things I want to talk about. 93% of the people react negatively to hearing faith-based cliches like that. It, okay. it, it is. So the majority of people do not react positively to that. So I too have listened to a lot of people's stories and I too have heard people say things like, we're so blessed and this is part of God's plan and God prepared us for this very quickly after the death. And I've already told the Lord, don't expect that from me. Like That's yeah. great. They're, they're in that 7% who, you know, is going to react differently. But let's talk to the 93% right now and normalize them in that. And again, I'm not trying to give shame to those who honestly have that kind of peace. And that's, yeah, you know, how they feel that. And I think a lot of people do eventually get there. Yeah. You know? Well, I wonder too about the ones that start out that way. Do they really feel that way or are they feeling like they should feel that way? So then that's what they say. You know what I mean? I don't know. I do. I don't know. I do. I do. Because I think we do get into a thing where we say what we think the world or, you know, that we need to say. That that's the right um, thing to say. Yeah. Right. That this, you know, God had a purpose in all this. But this is the other point is that God's will hurts. Yeah. Right. The reality is many things hurt us and that's just the reality that even though it is part of the way it is going does not mean it does not hurt me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that both of those things can coexist, even though it seems odd that yeah. you can have that, or maybe know in the back of your mind and trust that, but you don't feel it. Yeah. So just, I mean, there's a big difference between knowing it and feeling it, I think. Oh, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I just, for some reason, this just came to my head. I mean, with the empty nest and your kids go off to school, we know that that's what we've led them to do. Right. It, it hurts when they leave. That's what, you know, I mean, it's hard. Um, and I'm not comparing the death of a child to an empty nest. I'm just saying there are things that even though we know that this is where the way life goes, you know, mm -hmm. that our children don't live with us forever. Um, it still doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. And so anyway, I think I'm, I hope I made that point, but um, this is the other thing is that um, trying to lessen someone's hurt with words isn't helpful. <laughs> and, and that's what no. you're saying. Like, that's what they were trying to do. Um, but really what it does is deny our rights to be human and be Christians and have hurt. Like, don't take that from me. Did you find yourself getting a little, I don't want to say territorial, but did you have a little fight? Like Defensive, you wanted to fight? actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. 
that we're defending our feelings. Like, no, I'm not there. I don't feel that way. Yeah. And yeah. I love, you talked about something before we started recording that I want you to share again oh, yeah. about kind of those different. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Go ahead. So I, I talk about balance and we're, we are mind, body, and soul. That's the way God designed us. So as we begin to heal and look at how am I going to handle, you know, grief and life, we have to maintain a balance. So we talk about maintaining a balance socially, being involved with other people, figuring out who you are now, that sort of thing. I mean, physically keeping a balance means good health habits, rest, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, uh, just overall taking care of ourselves physically. And there are a lot of people who pump that side of the tire up really big, like, and, and I've never been one of those, as you can tell, but there's some people who just work out hard and they think if I yeah. just get as healthy and as lean as I can, then I'm going to be in a good place. Right. It doesn't take care of the emotional side. So we right. have an emotional side, but we also have a spiritual side. But what I have been noticing recently is that a lot of people give this impression or tell Christians or we're, we're given through our faith this thing that if we pump up, if we look at the, the balance I'm talking about as a tire, if uh -huh. we pump up the spiritual side that everything else is going to run smooth. Yeah. Like if, if you just pray more, if you do this more, if you try this more, if you, you know, and I watch people trying to do works to uh -huh. take their pain away. Yeah. And that makes me sad. I, I just love that example of trying to blow up the spiritual tire so big. Yeah. Um, that it it's not going to work. You have to blow them up all together so you can still travel together. Because when you try, when you act like if you just pray enough or you just dedicate your life so to God mm -hmm. so much or you just do this so much, so much, so much, everything else will just fall into place. Yes. Just a fallacy. It's not right. going to work for you. No. It's not going to work for anybody. And it bothers me when I hear it because I hear it from people sometimes. Mm -hmm. I hear it that they feel so focused that I just need to pray more or I just yeah. need to do this more and everything will be okay. And then when it doesn't, I think sometimes what happens is you blow up that tire so big that it bursts. Yeah. And you guys tried that. And yep. it didn't work. And I've talked mm -hmm. to those people. I've talked to the people mm -hmm. that their faith now is gone because mm -hmm. that's like, that's what I was supposed to do. I was just supposed to pray. And I did that. And I did all of these mm -hmm. things and God didn't answer. So the tires yeah. blown up. I'm forgetting the spiritual tire. Now we're just going on the other two. We're going right. to go by. Yeah. But, but that was never the answer to keep blowing that up. No. In and of its own, right? And all by itself. Right. And and I'm not a theologian, but I'm sitting here thinking, you know, praying's not wrong. Doing no. the acts of, of you know, whatever the our listeners' faith tells them, whether it's, you know, rituals of prayers or readings or going to their place of worship, none of those things are bad. We're not saying no. that. But I think when we do them thinking that then the feelings are going to... I mean, it, yep. it does change us. I mean, prayer, you know, I, I'm in this weird spot because right, I right. do know that prayer changes us. However, 
I watch so many hurting people come from that wounded spot that they feel like they're doing something wrong and they just are working so hard because they want yeah. the pain to go away. Right. Right. And frankly, the pain is part of us. And that honest conversation of it's not going away. And we did one on lamenting. I forget what episode that was. That, Long time ago, know, yeah. Yeah, this is all kind of connecting um, together. But we do have to look at um, feelings are information. They're, they're real. We have to look at them and say, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? And the other thing is, I think... Uh, well, and I just want to go back a step yeah. too. So when I said that I feel like they just blow up the spiritual tire to the mm -hmm. point where now it blows up. So now they're trying to go on the other two alone without the spiritual tire. And that doesn't work either. Right. So exactly. I'm definitely not saying that. Yeah. You not use the spiritual mm -hmm. tire. You need to use them, but you need to use them all. You can't right. just focus on the one. Just mm -hmm. like I'm remembering you know, you talked about the physical piece too. I remembering a guy mm -hmm. I talked to a long, long time ago that said he ran and ran and ran just expecting if he ran enough and got himself in good enough shape that everything was going to get better. And it turns out it just didn't, right? He just right. was filling up the one tire. So it's that you have to do them all. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, I was trying to look up a reading um, for you, but Th that along those lines, but I have to let that go. Um, okay. I want to go back. So the, the other piece that I was saying with that, and, and you're absolutely right in everything you said, um, is that if I am, when I say like pumping that up and I just pray more that it almost seems, um, I, the word that's coming to my mind is we're not being honest. Yeah. We're, we're like masking. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, again, as we've talked about before, that prayer can look like, I don't like this. I hate this. Right. I'm hurting right. and all of that. But I think what I watch people think is that when they pray, they have to feel really good about everything that's happened. And they yeah. don't. Yeah. Like, no. So it's that honesty we have to come back to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. maybe that's what kind of led us because we've kind of talked about. Um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but our next conversation talking about just being real. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and I want to bring up this comment that Michelle just wrote in a little okay. bit ago. She wrote in, "It can be, it can be very hard to even pray at all." Oh, absolutely. And that that is totally true too. So then, when you have people telling you, "You just need to pray more," you just need to pray more. And I don't feel like I can pray at all. Then mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that yeah. adds that whole guilt piece on as well. Yeah. Because I know I'm supposed to pray more, but I can't even do it. No. I mean, for sure. And I still have struggles doing that, right? I, mm -hmm. I don't tell people that I'm going to pray for them lately. Let me say that. I don't just say, oh, I'm praying for you if I'm not right. really. Exactly. Like, me either. Because I have to really mean it if I if I'm going to do it, and mm -hmm. because it's not the easiest thing to do to pray, especially mm -hmm. after you've desperately prayed for something right. and you feel like it's been unanswered. So that was a great point, Michelle. I'm glad you wrote that in. Yes. Oh, for sure. And I know we've talked before about wordless prayers and moaning out and those yeah. kinds of things. Um, but 
I just, I think what she brings up is another reality that you just can't do some of those practices right now. Yeah. Like that's the reality. Like Mm -hmm. I just can't. And, and it's, it's got to be okay. I love when I go to my discipleship group and one of the women just says, I'm not in a very good place. And they start to, and, and everyone thinks, Ooh, you know, but when they start being honest, okay, it might not feel like a good place, but man, that honesty to be able to state where you are is so freeing. And I just don't know that bereaved people know yeah, that they can be free to say, oh, I don't feel it right now. And I feel yeah. like everyone's saying to me, if you just do these things, you're going to be all better. Right. Right. And that's what's hard when people do that. Mm-hmm. When people act like they've got the answers because they don't really, they don't. No. And even another bereaved person doesn't have all the answers for you. No, I certainly don't have all the answers. Not even close. No. So really then, I mean, you know, anger is an, a whole nother piece of this. Um, because when you're mad and, and have anger, it, it's like a shield. It blocks us. That's all we can see. I mean, they say that expression, seeing red, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're so angry. You can't see anything else. Um, so anger is a part of this. And when we're angry, to have someone else heaping on us more expectations, more, you know, um, I, I want to, I keep saying cliches, but just rituals or words that wound us, basically. I mean, more stuff that just isn't helpful. It almost fuels that anger even more. Like, mm-hmm. you're just not understanding me. Right. So I mean, I, I think about a dear friend that I have now who's been on the podcast in the past, mm-hmm. and she does yoga, and that has been really, really mm-hmm. helpful to her mm-hmm. to do yoga. Um just in her grief journey and healing journey, it's been helpful. She's actually led me in some different yoga and mm-hmm. some other groups. And anyway, but her church is totally anti-yoga. This oh, is yeah. awful. She's had people say, just mm-hmm. tell, tell, say that it's stretching. It's not yoga. It's mm-hmm. stretching. Because if you use mm-hmm. the word yoga, then it's suddenly it's attacking faith and attacking, you know. Yeah. So that's that's her trying to do yoga to help her mind and her body and then she gets people from the outside saying it's like anti-spiritual and horrible and all of this stuff like Mm -hmm. how helpful is that that's not helpful to anyone like to put that judgment right it's crazy it is it is and and that's a perfect example and i've heard many more and i'm not you know i wasn't I think we've talked about them before, but you know, when people tell someone that their faith looks weak, if they are crying or they make God look weak, you know, serve a strong God and therefore we should be strong. That's not the way that it goes. We are human. We're hurt. We're a whole being and a wounding has happened in our soul and in our mind and in our body. We have been wounded and there is a response that happens Mm-hmm. But in the spiritual realm, we we somehow aren't open to all of those responses. Mm-hmm. And we want to sugarcoat. We want to put something on it 
that automatically makes it better. Now, do I think walking with the Lord and talking to him and doing your things make it better? Absolutely. Yeah. But it's that automatic blanket that says, if you, that you gets need a to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and, and Marjorie just wrote in a comment, I find many so-called Christians who have not lost a child to be very judgmental of my grief and grieving. Absolutely. hundred mm-hmm. percent true. hundred percent. Oh, so I, much so. It's, it's sad that I can feel more comfortable in some ways around non-Christians than Christians in Mm -hmm. my grief, but it kind of can be true. It's why I really do cherish my group of grieving Christian moms that I'm friends Mm -hmm. with, right? Because we can be real together, but Mm -hmm. a lot of my Christian friends who haven't lost a child can, they just feel like you should just be able to mm-hmm. I don't know I don't I know do. I it's get just... it and every listener gets it and I'm also finding that true with divorce that I think Christians who have gone through a divorce would much rather in a room full of people say they're divorced with you know non-Christians than have to tell their Christian friends because of you know yeah because we did feel you judged. hard enough yes did we you go to judged. counseling did you pray did you get you know, uh, spiritual counsel on this. And there's a lot of shame. And right. and I mean, I talked to a mom who was set, who was told her daughter died of a long illness. And she actually was told by a woman at her church, well, you didn't pray hard enough. <gasps> like, oh. Oh. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. That is. That is so sad. So we've got some other comments that have come in too. Um, Marie writes in, sometimes it's best to say nothing at all. Just listening is what we need. If you haven't lost a child, you will never know how you, how we feel. Yeah. And then, and then she went on to say, my grief brought me back to my faith, but it wasn't overnight. Right. Exactly. True. Totally. Such a journey. And I was going to get to that. Uh, Marie, was that who you said? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to get to, because again, we're not, you know, we're speaking to bereaved people right now, but the helpers or other people listening, you know, when, if they hear this, um, they ask the question, what are we supposed to do? And she's absolutely right. It's the waiting Mm -hmm. for them to come on their journey. I mean, there's no dragging, no pushing, no pulling. And I think that's kind of what those um, sentences do is kind of try to drag us along to a spot. Um, it's in the waiting and then in the listening, mm-hmm. listening. Like, um, so to say a phrase, um, you'd be better off saying, you know, again, tell me how you're feeling. Like what, yeah. how does this feel to you and mm-hmm. learning what that's like. Or, or just saying, I, I, I know I don't have anything that I can say that could make things better, yeah. but can I sit here with you? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, just sitting with someone. It's interesting. It's been a theme the last month or two when I um, am with people to do a supportive visit, whether it's via Zoom or the phone or in person. I I have been told the last few months, like, wow, you know, I I feel so much better. I didn't know I'd talk this much. I when yeah. I came to this session, I didn't know that I'd open up to you like this. And I think they think I'm magic. And it's not that I have some way to make people spill. 
Yeah. And I create this space. You do. That's safe enough for them to do that. And they can, and I, you know, I was with a young, you know, young in his young early thirties. And he said, I've never opened up to anyone like this. How did you get me to do that? It wasn't what I did. It was the space that was created that I wasn't coming in with words and filling this. He could just tell his story. Well, and I think back to the very beginning, you know, when we came to see you, Eric and I, mm -hmm. you know, we're driving across town on the freeway. Andy had been gone not even a week, I think, just just mm -hmm. shy of a week. And I remember Eric saying, What what are we what are we doing? What are we going to do? And I said, yeah. I have no idea. I, I mean, I didn't know mm -hmm. what anything was going to entail because of course we'd already tried this with this therapist. We sat with this mm -hmm. therapist and she was like kneeling in front of us the whole time, crouching. It was very weird and, and <laughs> uncomfortable. But I, you know, I remember showing up there with Andy's teddy bear in my arms and just, mm -hmm. and you just let me be, you just mm -hmm. let me be mm -hmm. and let me say everything. It would just, it, I didn't feel like I needed to hold anything back. And, mm -hmm. th and that's the space you need to give somebody. Right. Is, is to really be so open. I mean, I felt like I could have said anything to you that day. And I'm in mm -hmm. a Christian facility with a Christian woman. And I felt like <laughs> if I wanted to say, I was totally mad at God and furious and mm -hmm. felt like my faith was shaken a hundred percent. You'd be like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I, I remember when at the ministry, we had a panel of people come and talk about the death of, you know, um, one was a spouse, two were children, you know, there was, so it was a, a variety of losses. Yeah. But when it got to the last woman and a, one was a pastor, I remember that, but when it got to her, she kind of looked down the line at those people and she said, I'm not near spiritual because I said the F word a lot when I was grieving. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's funny because we had our support group last night and that was brought up. Like okay. Two of the women, two of the women said, I never used to swear. I never, ever used to swear. And now I have such a bad patty mouth. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she said when I remember this woman, it was a three-year-old daughter. And she said, there was just no other word that I just, I screamed it. And I looked and saw some of our board members and people like, okay, we, we're not talking about that word. Right. Right. And, and I, I understand their uncomfortableness, but the realness of that mom. And that's kind of what. That's it. I think. Right. That, yeah. That's it. And I think. Yeah, that space that I created is that you knew that if you said that word, there was not going to be a checklist like, oh, I can't really say that. Yeah. You know? um, because if, if again, great people have a heightened BS detector and you can tell if someone's keeping a list of whether you're being appropriate or inappropriate or, or stepping outside of lines. And there's no lines with grieving. It's no. Crazy mess. Nope, it is. It is. And so just finding comfort. And I think that's really when you and I talked about this beforehand, even though our listeners, I mean, they can chat in with us, but we just want them to know that they can 
be real and be where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we've gotten several other comments written in. So oh, um, Reggie writes, and what about those who are angry with God for letting the death happen? What words can you mm-hmm. use to affirm that anger towards God is okay? Oh, I, absolutely. I, it's absolutely okay. I, absolutely. Yeah. Well, one of the words that I used to affirm is Jesus' words himself in the questioning that he had in the garden as he was praying, you know, Father, is there any other way and that you can take this cup from me? Um, we can't read tone in scripture, right? Yeah. You know, what if he, I mean, we do know that he was crying out because he his, you know, blood, wasn't it like his sweat was... Um, yeah, he, like blood at that time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Right, and yeah. crying tears, and yeah, right. That mm-hmm. seems a little angry. Yeah. So, uh, to me, yes, we can be angry um, at that, and and God understands that. And what well, I tell and people, I always think of the example of Jacob wrestling with God. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Like he, mm-hmm. it's okay to be in a wrestling match with God because I kind of feel like I am sometimes, or especially earlier on. Oh, very much so. And in that time, Jacob, God hid himself from Jacob and he kept saying, who are you? And there are many times that we feel God's hidden in those moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we can't see it. But the thing I say about anger and answer to that question is I grew up in an environment which anger was deemed as, you know, a really bad, awful emotion to have. Um, I had to learn that it's not like that emotion slipped in and God said, whoops, didn't mean for you to feel that one. No. Like, I, yeah. I mean, it was created and it's part of, so it's what we do with it that can make it wrong. But feeling angry and being angry is not a sin. The Bible says be angry and sin not. So yeah. I'm yeah, okay I mean, anger. for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and Marie who wrote in earlier said she was angry with God. I would, she would scream and yell. How mm-hmm. could he let this happen? But it took me a while to realize it wasn't God. It was Satan, but God still won. He gave us a way to eternal life. So, yeah. and that that faith and that hope mm-hmm. is what helps her go on. And I totally agree. I mean, that's what yeah. brought me to Starlight as opposed to going to other places is that hope, is the hope for the future. Right. And, and that does help you to go on in an amazing way. And right. certainly I had to come to that too, is like, God didn't make that woman hit us in the car. Right. Yeah. He knew what was going to happen and he was there, but he was crying with mm-hmm. me and he saw it. Right. But, but it's still, I can still be angry at the situation and I can still feel that. And I think Marie right. still can feel that. But then there is a point where hopefully you can let go of the anger, which I was able mm-hmm. to do and Marie was able to do. And hopefully people can, because it's hard to live with that anger. Oh, especially, yeah. you know, all the time. I, right. it's, oh. it's definitely a valid emotion, a wonderful emotion, but if it's an emotion that's there all the time in you, it can just poison you. So, right. well, that's what they say about it. It's mm-hmm. anger's like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right. right. We drink it. We keep it. We carry it in our bodies, but we expect that everyone else is gonna, you know, um, respond to that. And so it really does hurt us. And, and we can work through that. I just think of, you know, for me personally, just having that honest conversation 
yeah. in, in our faith. And I know I can have that with God. I mean, I yeah. have through our infertility, through, um, you know, so many things um, can have really honest conversations. And some of my friends, when I tell them what I pray about, they're like, really? Um, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I had a friend who was having some very serious, sensitive female surgery. And that whole night, I just kept praying that the surgeon had a wonderful um, sexual re relationship with his wife. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I want him to love his wife's body so much when he's working on my friend tomorrow, that's all he can think about is how, you know, and they're like, really? You talked to God about that? And I'm like, I'm a weirdo. I do. But this well, is my point. Well, and I love that you just said that because now I'm going to read Marie's last comment because Marie's been writing quite a few okay. comments. Marie's last comment is God wants you to come to him. Tell him how you feel. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's totally true, right? If you only can be honest with one other like being. Yes. It should be God. See, that's right? what I was just going to say. And that's I, the thing that you can't hide from it anyway. So right. why try? Right. But that was going to be my point is that I can talk to God about anything. It's the rest of the humans and my Christian friends sometimes that I can't. You can't. Right. Right. I can't. He's, you know. Right. Because your friends all thought you were weird that you were praying about it, that. Yeah, exactly. Right. hundred percent. And your listeners yeah. do too. And like, really? But God didn't. He knew me. He knew that he created me to be this honest. Let's go to the heart of the problem. Uh, what does tomorrow look like for her surgery? What do we need to have happen? You know, I was just covering all the bases. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think the other thing is that I do know that God loves me unconditionally where sometimes when we went back to like the faking or saying things, I think sometimes we feel that we have to say certain things in order not to be rejected or mm -hmm. un unloved seems a little strong, but, you know, judged those judged, kinds. I think for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some people who have been totally rejected because someone looks at their faith journey or their lack of faith during a trying time and writes them off and says, well, your faith wasn't strong enough. Yeah. You know, uh, that's, <laughs> that's I, bad. it's, it's so funny. I think back to when I was in medical school. So this is now two years after my mom died and I'm in, I've got a couple of roommates. We're living in an apartment and this woman comes to visit and she was from a specific denomination and i don't even want to say the specific denomination because i don't want to like bash them but um and that was the den denomination that my mom actually had been confirmed in mm -hmm. and um and she this woman had been brought up like as a methodist and but she married her husband and he was this other denomination and and she felt like it saved her and because she told me that if my mom, that I could be comforted that my mom was in heaven because she was a good, you know, that specific denomination. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Because heaven forbid, if she had been a Methodist, she'd be in hell for sure. Right. But, yeah. And, and I remember looking at her and I got up and I walked out of the room because I was like, mm -hmm. that is ridiculous, ridiculous, yeah. right? To put 
those sort of things on there. And and people do that too. They mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. will say, well, I hope your son or your daughter had this kind of faith or were they baptized or were they, you know, like mm-hmm. all of these little steps that you better have gone through because otherwise, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I tell this story all the time, but when I worked at the funeral home and we'd have a death of a young person and before the visitation, knowing we were going to have a bunch of high schoolers or whatever in the building, I, as the counselor would bring in the school counselor. And if the person had a, you know, a priest or a pastor or rabbi, whatever, we'd bring them in and we'd talk about how we were going to handle all these grieving, you know, people in the building. And I can't tell you how many times when it came to the spiritual care person, they'd say, oh, but there's such a strong family at our church. Like they come all the time in there. And I think, what, what hill of beans does that have to do with anything? No, like, does your church cover them in that? Like, (laughs) oh, okay. Then why are we all here? They're, they're just, you know, they're not grieving. No. We are, we're human, we hurt, I know. Like, you know. So I, I hear sang that in front all the of the time. church at the Rejoice Band every day. I still certainly needed help, didn't I? I mean, every Sunday I was right. What'd you say? I said I was the leader of the of our rejoice band, you know. The oh yeah. Singer. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like good because of that. Nope, not good. No, not good at all. No. So we've had some other comments. I do want to add. Carissa said we we add expletives vocabulary. It's just a way of expressing emotions. Yeah. Heck with everything. Who bar- heck with everyone who barks at it. So I I agree with that. That's that's great. And then Tim wrote in. So um, he wrote a couple of comments. But he did write this one, and I wanted to bring it up. It's hard for those of us who have never lost a child to find the words to say without feeling we may upset or hurt someone who's lost a child. For my family, we find it even more difficult to talk with anyone because we did because we did lose our son, but his life we didn't lose our son, I think, but his life was forever changed because of someone else's action. Kind of a loss without a physical loss, I guess. So mm-hmm. That and that's true. That is so so true that you feel that people feel scared to say anything, and that is again where you just are like, "I'm here for you." Mm-hmm. I don't have the words mm-hmm. to say to you, but I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And but to bring up to not ignore the fact that there is a lot of pain, and to be willing to go and sit in the yeah. dark space with someone mm-hmm. is so huge because I feel like that's what people lack is people get so scared and nervous that they don't want to make you sad that they're they and and it's because they're scared of the dark place mm-hmm. they're scared of going and sitting in that dark place with you mm-hmm. but that's really what we need is we just need someone right. who is not scared of the darkness and will come and sit beside us and not judge us about it and not try to make us feel better but to just be alongside you Um, that's interesting because I was reading, I, I thought, um, is there any kind of quote or something we can take from one of my favorite books? Don't sing songs to a heavy heart. And it's, um, by Kenneth Hawk. He's the founder of Stephen's ministry. And, um, I had just been reading this while I was, you know, waiting to go on. And someone said, when people tell me it's part of God's will to me, they convey, convey, I don't know what the heck to say. So just don't cry on me or hurry up and accept it. So I don't have to hear or see your pain anymore. 
Right. I mean, that's what he hears when he yeah. hears one say those things. And what you're saying is that is the motivation. And many times they just want to make it better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I, you know, there are a lot of people in my life that just want to make it better. And yeah, I, I, and I totally understand that. I get that, but you can't. Mm -hmm. And so trying just makes it so yeah. much more awkward to yep. be able to be honest. Yeah. Um, it, it is weird. Um, because of, you know, the time frame that you're out from your loss. And I just ran into a family who's about four years out from the death of their, probably he was about 21 year old son. And, um, I ran into his sister and how do I, as a grief counselor say, how's your mom without making it seem like I'm like everyone else, just like, how's your mom? Right. So, I had to do this whole prelude that I know grief is never going to leave her. I know there's going to be ups and downs, but where is she at right now? And how is your mom doing? Like I had to like yeah. preempt it because I just, I wanted to know where is she at right now? Cause and you really wanted to know. Yeah. That's the difference because the majority oh. of people don't really want to know. They really want you to just say fine. Oh yeah. And let she it go. That's probably true because then she ended up talking to me for a really long time. And I kept thinking, I don't have the time. Um, it, it was a, it was a situation where someone else was paying me and I was taking time away from someone else. Oh, <laughs> so, so anyway, where, where I'm going yeah. with that, as soon as you said that, I'm like, why did she tell me so much? But it was probably because I really did want to know how her mom was. Yeah. Cause you gave her permission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure. <laughs> So I do want to go. I think this is really timely. So today, I well, I got sent it a couple of days ago, but I looked at it today. Um, somebody sent a video, and her his son had died just very late in September. Here died in a car accident, and his daughter ended up within a week writing this beautiful song wow. about just about trying to get get through things and mm -hmm. having to get through it by having God hold her hand. And it was just beautiful. And then she and her sister sang it to this, it looked like they were in a gym or something with mm -hmm. a lot of people around. And it was really powerful. And it was a powerful testament, testament to their faith, you know, at that moment. But it's, it's funny too, because I do hope that that doesn't make that whole gymnasium full of people think oh, good their faith's good so yeah. you don't even have to worry about them. yeah right I was hearing, you know a lot of amens and stuff in the background which is which is great but i and i loved it it was powerful i was like crying it was just beautiful mm -hmm. um I'll, I'll have to see if i can get a link to it so people yeah, can can be uh, awesome. can listen to it because it was beautiful but I certainly hope that they still hold space for that family. If not every moment they feel like God's holding their hand, like, because there could be some times down the road when they don't, and there are likely to be times right. that things get better and worse. Right. And, and I hope that that didn't make that whole gym worth of people think oh good we don't have to worry about worry them. about them just, yeah yeah 
you know, but when you said that it. about God holding their hand, you know, I had this image of when you're holding your parents hand, you look up, sometimes it's in this, you know, loving way, like, oh, I'm yeah. so glad you're here. But how many times did we hold our kids hands when they were kicking and screaming and acting well, like that's true. complete jerks? And so you just held their hand anyway. So what I think that song that's, that is beautiful, actually, I, yeah. a beautiful analogy, because I mean, that's the thing that I've always thought is after Andy died, you know, as I was sitting on the side of the road, you know what my pastor told me, and I've said this many, many times, is that God was there crying with you. And I envision yeah. God's holding my hand mm -hmm. because that's the only way I can feel like I can get through it is by thinking God's here holding my hand and with me. But mm -hmm. I love the fact that I can still be a screaming toddler. Yes. Yes. Right? And I don't have part. to be holding yeah. it in a loving manner all the time. Mm -hmm. But just knowing that he's not going to let go, even when I No am, matter what. No yeah. matter what. If yeah. I'm just pounding and mad and whatever, doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Still going to just have the hand. Right. That's I think that's, that's, that's a beautiful yeah, gift that. to give the people today because that's kind of where we were going, but we didn't know how we were going to end the, you know, like get there is just wanting people to, to know that, that, um, what they're feeling, the kicking and screaming part is a part it's of okay. the, yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's part he of doesn't let go. Yeah, absolutely. There's no toddler that has not thrown effect. I'm a pediatrician. I know right. it. I know <laughs> yeah. it for a fact. Every toddler throws some sort of fit at some time. Yep. And and as being a good parent, you still hold their hand. You still like if they don't want to yeah. hold your hand and you're crossing the street, do you ever let go of it? Never. No. You don't say, okay, yeah, go ahead, cross the street without mm -hmm. me holding your hand, little 18 month old, never, you're like yeah. going to hang on to that hand. And if they're starting to really pull away, you're going to pick them up. Yep. And hold them. Absolutely. And it's interesting because during that time, when you were talking about the song, I also had the image of the poem, you know, um, uh, the footprints in the sand, like, God, yeah, did right. you leave me? No, that's when I carried you. So you just went there too. It's like, you know, scoop you up and, um, but I love the fact that I don't have to be, I mean, in Footprints in the Sand, I always think of, you know, I was tired. I'm almost asleep. I can't walk by myself. So you carried me. But never have I thought of, I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm throwing a fit. So you got to carry me. Yeah. But mm -hmm. it's really the same. It is. It it's is all the same. The same. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Such beautiful stuff. That is beautiful. I, you know, if anyone has any questions, they can certainly uh, write in any questions too. If there are, mm -hmm. we've gotten quite a few comments that I haven't even read. Yeah. So, so I do thank you for that. I thank people for watching. Um, but I need to do a little special shout out today to my friend, Demetra, who it's the anniversary of her daughter, Eleni's death. And oh, if no. anyone's watching the video, I am wearing purple. For a Lenny, Aww. and I'm in my daughter's old room, which has purple walls, and for a Lenny. So we are just thinking about Demetra today in Toronto, and a Lenny, and just her missing her today. So yeah. my heart's kind of been with her all week, but I did want to give her a little special kind of shout out today, um, yeah. just knowing that we're all thinking about her today. Oh, she's been on the podcast a couple of times. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just wanted a couple more comments that that uh, somebody wrote. I was amazed at what people would say to me so insensitive. I just wanted to punch them, but of course I wouldn't. And then the last mm -hmm. one, Michelle wrote in. I love that analogy. I'm definitely a toddler in this grief. Yeah. I, Definitely, yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So any other closing comments you have for us today? I, I don't think so. I think it just, uh, I enjoyed having that real conversation. And I think that's kind of what we talked about for next time, just going into the holidays, um, you know, how to be real and honest with what you're feeling so that you get what you need. Because I think what happens in all of this is if we're not honest and real, then we do tend to hide what we feel and what we need. And then we're not living authentically. Then our soul is not at rest. Yeah. Yeah. So we've definitely started that today, talking about that yep. real conversation about grief. But we do want to go on with that. And this that will be the week of Thanksgiving. I don't think we've probably yeah. decided on a time yet. But that is when we're going to record that one. Right. So he released on Thanksgiving. And so watch for that. We'll make a little mm -hmm. announcement about that later when that will be. But I would encourage anyone who wants to write in with comments on, you know, getting real with your grief or questions or anything like that for mm -hmm. Gwen and I to be able to touch on in that conversation. It would, it would be great if you could do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all right. But thank you so okay. much for joining me today, Gwen. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful and would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com, Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at andysmom.com. Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.